Today's episode is brought to you by High Heels and Politics with Marianne Christie. Join Marianne as she interviews political leaders of Southwest Ohio and beyond. Download the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pam, I have a question for you. What do you got, Ryan? So how many independent thinkers does it take to build a parking garage? (laughs) If there were any independent thinkers, we wouldn't be building this garage. This is the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com. I'm your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and with me is the most independent of all independent thinkers and the greatest other host on the other side of the Little Miami River. That's Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone. All right, it's December. We are coming to the end of the year, and it's a... Uh, It's time to be reflective, but I'm not going to be reflective today, Pam. I'm going to look forward because we have a lot to look forward about because now we have our new unified council. Are you excited about that? Woohoo! Get ready for a lot of 7-0, but we'll talk about that in a minute here. Before I get to that, speaking of unified, our 5-0 school board. I know a lot of you guys have been tuning in to hear about the going-ons and our opinions with what's going on with the Loveland City Schools and their levies and all the shenanigans and then not really... I don't know. What's the word that I use? Them lying to us about the need of the levy, because obviously those drastic needs to my child's safety and everything don't mean a hill of beans now. But we're not going to talk about the school levy (laughs) because there's nothing really new to talk about. I mean, I don't know if you've heard anything new, Pam, but they've been having these meetings. I heard the one the other night was four hours long, but don't really have a lot of good information. No, we really don't. And I think you've also said too, uh, or we've heard through the grapevine that they are going to be appointing or have appointed uh, some kind of committee so that they can discuss what their next steps are. As you said, there really isn't a lot of information on the uh, on the front right now. So, And our next podcast, which would be two weeks after this one, which will be the day before the new Star Wars movie opens. So it'd be <laughs> December 19th. In case you guys haven't heard, there's this movie opening on the 20th. And in case you haven't figured out, Ryan is a big Star Star Wars kind of guy. Oh, yeah. And I just have to throw it out there. And those of you out there will know, but Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is the best right now. I know you have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no clue. (laughs) But anyways, December 18th is the filing deadline. Hopefully, because we record these the day before, so hopefully we'll know what the school, if they're going to put anything on the ballot. I, the only rumor I've heard is some kind of operating levy that's anywhere between eight and a half to 10 mils, but that's all I've heard so far. Yeah. And once again, those are just kind of rumors that we have heard. So stay tuned because we are you know, monitoring it and we will report back and talk about it when we have some more information. And then the new Unified City Council. Earlier this week, there was the official swearing-in, and Mr. Bateman took the seat of former Councilwoman Angie Sattel. Everybody else is the same. You know, I said this before, the difference between 6-1 to one and 7-0 is just time. That For two years, they could do whatever they want. So any of the whining they did about disruption or whatever, it doesn't matter. But it is 7-0, and everything kind of went according to plan. And, hey, to the victor goes the spoils. I was sitting there in the crowd listening to them all give their speeches and laying out in a very, very generic sense their their vision or why they're happy or what they want to do. And then in another very first 7-0 vote, Kathy Bailey was reelected the mayor, which did we think anything different was going to happen? I mean, that, that's not a shock, especially considering she took the most votes. That usually is the way it goes. But the vice mayor, 
This was a little interesting to me, Pam, because I'm not going to go too far into it, but I have a lot of rumors about what the election is going to look like in two years. And yes, I am thinking about the election in two years. So I was thinking it was very much a benefit for Mayor Bailey to be the mayor, to be front and center, to be in all these media things, all these parties they held, for her to be up there. So I thought she's not running for re-election in two years, but presumably, if it goes the way it is, Councilman Neil Ory, Councilman Ted Phelps, Councilman Tim Butler, current Vice Mayor Robert Weisgerber may be running in two years. Well, when it came to the uh, selection of the Vice Mayor, Councilman Neil Ory nominated current Vice Mayor Rob Weisgerber. Which, I mean, again, I was a little surprised, but okay, fine. I thought it was going to be someone else. As a matter of fact, I was kind of making notes to myself, telling the person next to me that I thought... Maybe Ted Phelps or maybe Tim Butler would be... I mean, Tim Butler did take the most votes when they, when they all won two years ago. Well, before they voted, Councilman Tim Butler threw his name in the ring, nominated himself, which... <laughs> a little strange, but still. <laughs> and b- before we go on, I and mean, before we... The word re- hubris comes yes, to yeah. mind, but... <laughs> yeah. Before we go on, I do want to say this. On this podcast, yeah, we're, we're a little tough on the council. You and I disagree with the majority, and now it's the entire council. <laughs> we probably could say easily say we disagree with a lot what it is. And it's policy things, Pam. I've never gone after these people personally. No, neither have I. But for the most part, these are policy issues, and we talk about these big things the way we see them. And we have a little bit of background. I've been a lobbyist for a long time, and you were on the city council. <laughs> so we have these opinions that I think come from a point of uh, of gravitas. Maybe that's what I should say. I particularly have been pretty tough on Councilman Butler. And I think the reason why is because when he ran two years ago, he didn't have to run with that group. He didn't have to deal with all the personal attacks that were going on against people, the lies that were being put out there about people. He hitched his wagon to that group to win. And he did win. I think he would have won otherwise. So maybe part of me, I'm a little harder on him because I felt like he was the one independent mind of that group, somebody that could maybe stand up and not always agree with them and maybe be this voice that we kind of saw with Councilwoman Sattel the last few years. Well, Mr. Butler threw his hat in the ring, and it was the first independent thing I've seen in two years. And then when the vote came, it was 5-2. to two. So, hey, no 7-0. The other one that voted for Councilman Butler was newly oathed in, I don't know if that's a word, sworn in, <laughs> Councilman Andy Bateman. I don't know, Pam, is this a something we're going to see for the future? Is this a new kind <laughs> of a new minority that's going to have independent thought and question things? Are you asking me if this glimpse that, that, that there was actually a glimpse of independence here? Or was it a charade? Here's a suggestion, because I can't answer the question. But here's a suggestion. Let's see if this independent thought, and thorough discussion will be shown when we are talking about the building of this parking garage. And you will notice that I did not use the word proposed parking garage because this parking garage is happening. It is not proposed. They are building it. And they are building it with no community input or engagement at all on whether or not the public wants a parking garage. It's done. It's in the budget, and it's happening. Let's get to that. Yep. I mean, that's what we want to discuss here. And the reason we are is this is uh, 
the new council. They haven't even had an official meeting yet. They had their, I mean, I guess they're swearing in. Right, and I do want to go back because I do want to say the reason and be very clear here. The reason this is not a proposed parking garage is that this has already been voted on and it was voted on last May Mm -hmm. and it was voted on by emergency. So this is not a proposed parking garage, guys. It's done. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get into ex- yeah. and explain exactly yeah. I just want to be very clear here, because if the public all of a sudden decided that they wanted to go to council meeting, and they wanted to tell them, I do not want this parking garage, it's too late. You're getting a parking garage. Yes, you are. That yep. is that And is a very happening. expensive one. And that is what we want to discuss a yes. little bit here, because... I started off talking about the whole independence and maybe somebody is, maybe Councilman Butler and Councilman Bateman are going to ask some questions, are going to look into more things. Now, you are right. When we say that this garage, it's being built. Guys, they're going to tell you that we have, we're going to have tons of community engagements and they're going to have all these public hearings and the group that's building the garage is going to get input from the public. That input is based on the aesthetics. Yes. Not the actual building. Right. When when you, we say they decided back in May, if you go back to that emergency meeting, which we've covered quite a bit here, so I won't go into all of it, but I do want to highlight the fact of they voted via emergency to buy those properties over there next to the works. And in there it said, at the time, it said for a garage or other type things. And we talked about Mr. Ori sitting with his deep thoughts and getting all these great ideas from those said deep thoughts on what could be built there. But they've really kind of solidified over the last few months that it's going to be a garage. So now they voted to hire a firm to build the garage. By the way, $260,000 to hire this firm. That's double. I mean, you and I talk a lot about that master slash guidance plan. That is double. Yes. So that is part of this cost, including the million dollars in land purchases we've made and the $50,000 in legal settlements we've made and all sorts of stuff. This is the garage is set. They are going to engage with the public on how it's going to look. And we bring this up because this new council and because of the whole quote unquote independent thought, this is probably going to be one of the first big things they're going to tackle. Now, before I go on, this is what I want to say. We do this show every two weeks. And we cover a lot of different issues, and we cover how the city council and now the school board is looking at these issues. Honestly, Pam, I believe if I went back to year, when you were on council, most of the votes you made were probably 7-0 votes. You have to remember that most of the legislation and the votes that are done through council are really for the business of running the city. And that's why the votes most of the time are 7-0. Oh, you're talking about lighting uh, assessments, and you're talking about unpaid utility liens and appropriations for certain kinds of things that are in the budget that they just have to move them from one fund to another. That, you know, those those kind of things, the normal functioning of city government. I say that, though, because... The Hey, they may all worry on the new unified council that we're going to beat them up for voting 7-0 on that stuff. No, we're not. Because if you look at the last uh, year and a half or so that we've done this podcast, we've talked a lot about Dora. We've talked a lot about the farmer's market, the guidance slash master plan, and the parking garage, and the PACE legislation. Mm-hmm. These are big, big projects, big, big things, things that really change the direction of the city or downtown in one way or another. And they're not normal operations of the city. Right. So those are the things we focus on and thinking it's good to have questions. It's good to have independent thought. Well, that's where you need independent thought. It's also where you need thorough discussion. If you're doing something like a PACE, 
or even like a Dora that's never been done before. You have to have questions. We've never done it before. And yet you would present that legislation as an emergency with no discussion. Right. And that's a, most that, of these that's things. That's a problem. Yeah. The farmer's market. Yeah. Pace. I mean, Pace was comical and yeah. how badly they handled that. All of these things well, are being presented like as emergencies or, and there's really no time for discussion. And there's always time for discussion. Uh, well, period. It, right. They're not making the time exactly. for it. And then they're at the time voting 6-1 in lockstep. And then whenever something else comes up, they'll be like, oh, we're going to have tons of public comments. We're going to do this. And obviously when it comes to something like Dora, we've seen the issues. We've seen problems. I mean, I'm going to say this one more time, Pam, just make it permanent. Well, it's funny that you say that because through all of this Dora and you're not allowed to walk around with your alcoholic beverage unless it's a Dora event. Funny how, hmm, seems that isn't actually the case. No, there's been a few times that people are out walking without Dora cups. Just just last weekend. So, yes. (laughs) So rules, I guess, don't matter to some people. That's why you need to have at least these questions. And it's about if there had been somebody like a councilman Butler that asked a few of these concerns or questions about Pace or about Dora or about anybody on that council asking why we give the farmer's market a municipal lot on the exact same night we do council meetings, which contributes to our parking issues, just to have someone ask the questions and discuss and so we understand where the voting's coming from. Oh, I think you can also look at it, too, is that I think it's important, too, that people understand what council members are thinking. Yes. You know, share your vision with us. So, I mean, you're supposed to be our representative. Yeah. Tell tell me what your vision is. So that that's a great that's a great segue because this is what I'm going to say about the parking garage and going in with this new council. All right, it's decided. Councilman Andy Bateman, he has Andrew Andy. I know I've I've met him a few times. I've called him Andy, but if you don't like that, tell me. He wasn't there at that vote. But now moving forward, so the garage I'm not going to put directly on his head. But moving forward, he's going to be able to have a voice and say a few things that are going. Because, again, it's being built. I mean, we need to accept that fact. But the planning. You said, what are these people thinking? What is their vision? This is where I think the core of the whole thing is going to be difficult moving forward. For two years, we haven't had an articulated vision. A year at this time, Pam, when they're putting together the budget, everything's getting ready, there was no parking garage. No, and keep in mind, let's just, you know, get in our little DeLorean, as you Mm -hmm. say, and go back one year. One year ago, about at this point in time, we were talking about crafting a master plan. Mm -hmm. They were getting ready to have the community, you know, I know I'm using air quotes again, (laughs) (laughs) the the community uh, engagement, the community conversations that everybody wanted. That was just a year ago. Mm -hmm. Now, keep in mind that that went forward in that year. There was never any mention of a parking garage. There was never a mention of a parking garage in the final master plan, guidance plan. That they voted on in September. Exactly. I think that's really important for people to kind of understand here is that this wasn't even on the radar a year ago. So one of the questions that I immediately have is, who suggested the parking garage? Mm -hmm. Where did it even come from? And why was nothing talked about until that end of May meeting. Where they they just bought land. Yeah, where they voted via emergency. So no discussion about it. But on top of that, to be fair to the city, 
I made a public records request for any kind of parking studies that would support the building of this parking garage. Any revenue plans or any any documents or memos that talk about revenues. And I only asked for information. I didn't ask from the city council. I only asked information from a few people. I believe it was a city manager, assistant city manager, and a city engineer. I made that request a week ago. And I haven't seen anything yet. So I'm going to be speculative here because, honestly, a week later for something that simple and I'm not getting anything, I'm going to tell you, Pam, I don't think any of that exists. Yeah, I, I think you are onto something here. And I, and I think that is what everyone needs to understand. This is why we're talking about this. This is a lot of money. This is going to be probably in excess of $10 million. Easily. Easily. Now, they'll and, tell you, oh, the parking garages, and as a matter, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I have to bring this up. At the the last official council meeting at the end of November, Mr. Kennedy said, oh, I mean, we have to, but so what they're going to do, Pam, is they're going to say it's $6 million. They're going to take a bond out for $7 million, but Vice Mayor Weisgerber and City Manager Kennedy both said, oh, you know what? It's probably going to be less than that. That's what they keep telling you. It's probably going to be less than that. Just like they told us the safety center was going to be less than what they had budgeted. And as of date, the safety center is over budget and still not finished. The safety center was budgeted at a million dollars. It is $175,000 over budget, and it's not finished. Let me ask you, Ryan, you know, it's a big joke around government. When when does, when government tells you it's going to cost X, when does it ever cost X? <laughs> I mean, come on, guys, seriously. You know, I'm looking at a memo right now that's dated November 26th, and it says here that the proposed downtown parking garage, which it is not a proposed, Correct. it is in the budget. So for them to even write proposed, it's not proposed anymore, is included in the budget with uh, preliminary numbers of $6 million for the construction and a $7 million bond. Okay, what it doesn't include is the price of the land. It does not include the $260,000 that we're about to pay this design firm. I mean, okay, I, I just added, what, $1.3 million. Mm-hmm. It is, we are going to call this a $10 million parking garage. Oh, not a doubt in my mind. Nope. And that, now going back, that is why it is extremely important that we understand what the vision is from this council and have thoughtful and thorough not only discussion on it, but also engagement with the public. And I don't care what color it is. I'm not talking the aesthetic. I wanted to know why do we need this parking garage? Share your vision with me. So about a year ago, I we brought up this whole Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book, which I know for a younger group of people, obviously, and when I say younger, I say people my age, and I'm not that young. But there's something else I want to highlight from that book. There's this whole goofy thing about finding the question to the universe, because they knew the answer, and the answer was 42. So they wanted to find the question. I bring that up, Pam, because I feel like we're in the same situation. They've created the answer without telling us what the question is. They said, oh, here, this is going to solve our problems, a parking garage. Again, the master plan, not in there. Again, a year ago, we're not discussing this. Again, prior to the end of May, keep forgetting the date. I think it's like May 26th or something like that was a meeting. I can't remember. But prior to that, nobody ever talked about it. Nobody ever discussed it. Yes, they will tell you, oh, well, we have a problem with traffic. We have a problem with parking. And this happens. And people drive around. And this and this is, and this is going to solve all those things. But they're not articulating that at all. They just decided to say, 
Here's a parking garage. And by the way, we're going to have a bunch of community engagement so you can tell us what it looks like. Right. Well, it's interesting because here's the deal. There is no plan. They have never shared a plan with us. They've never shared their vision with us. And they haven't told us why we need a parking garage, who's the parking garage. And more importantly, we're going to spend $10 million on this. And then there's no revenue projections. And by the way, that's not Pam Gross just saying that. No, the that city manager. <laughs> the actual city manager said that. And go and look at the packets in the ca- council packets, and it shows that there's no revenue projections for it. So the point is, is that what makes this group of council members think that, number one, that it's even going to work? But tell me why it's good for the city. Yeah, the city manager even mentioned the seasonality. Again, I think I'm making up that word. But the seasonal nature of this. We are not talking about something that is going to be a year-long revenue generator. We're actually, we don't even understand our current parking inventory or how it's used. It's something else that the master plan talked about doing. And Councilman Butler, I'm being nice and mean today, but I'm being hot and cold with Councilman Butler today. He even mentioned in the, the remarks at this November meeting about how we need to understand our parking management. Okay, I agree with all that. I agree. I agree with that too. We should understand it. We should look at what uh, we should look at what's best for the city, and then we should make a decision. We shouldn't make a decision to say, "Okay, we're going to build a parking garage," and then say, "Let's fill in all the reasons why afterwards." Okay, Ryan. Here's the deal. <laughs> why aren't we doing a full management plan now before we discuss spending ten million dollars on a parking garage? Why don't we craft a a, a parking management plan now? And here's the other thing, and I'm going to continue to beat this drum. What about an economic study? An economic feasibility study. Do we need a $10 million garage in downtown Loveland? Is that good for the entirety of the city? Think about this, and, and I'm not picking on any particular business or any council member, but it was said that one of the new businesses that was brought in has a $1.5 million payroll. We have a 1% income tax. That's $15,000. $15,000. Name one company downtown that has a $1.5 million payroll. One. This is what I'm saying is that think about that. Think about the businesses that are down there. Think about what kind of revenue and economic engine it isn't. No, no. You and have we're to, you about have to, to spend $10 million of money that is coming out of, that we're going to go into debt. Why? When they start talking about the aesthetics, I'd like that question answered. And you know what? When they do have their public hearing, I am going to ask that question. I want to know whose idea this was. Instead of them telling me, oh, the, the downtown's hopping and we need this, or people drive around looking for parking. First off, you could build that garage 100 stories tall. You're still going to have a traffic issue because there's one bridge that goes over the Little Miami River. One. That's a fact. Okay? And any And don't forget... That on 48, when you're coming down to get into the Magical Mystery Garage, is a railroad track. Mm -hmm. So this is not going to solve your traffic problem. It's not. Is it going to solve your parking problem? Well, according to the city manager, by the season it may. So is this now being built for 
three or four months out of the year. And one of the businesses down there that was advocating for this, the owner was advocating for this, he said his business is down 20% than it was last year. There's been a couple of businesses that the storefronts have gone empty or have changed over in just the last year. I'm going to echo what you're saying about an economic study. We need to know, maybe this city council doesn't want this answer, but we need to know the health of the economy of our city. If you're going to focus all of our money and spend all of our money downtown, then I want to know what it's generating downtown. And unfortunately, we don't even have a revenue projection. We're willing to spend $10 million with no revenue projections. Think about that, guys. Think about if you were running a business. Hey, honey, I'm going to open this business and I'm going to borrow $10 million because I'm starting this business. What's the first question somebody asks you? (laughs) How are you going to pay it back? What's it going to generate? Well, I don't know. Well, I'll worry about that later. That is basically what Mr. Kennedy said at that last meeting is at the at the end of the day, here's what Mr. Kennedy said. Here's what all of council when they, you know, voted to go ahead and, and proceed with all of this. It was a but, six one vote because. Yeah, Sattel well, was still there. but she's not there now. <laughs> yeah, right. But the problem, you know, here's what it came down to is, you know what, folks, don't worry about it. We'll build it and then we're going to figure it out later. You know what this sounds like, Ryan? Pass the bill and we'll figure it well, out. Well, that or streetcar. It's exactly what this is. Yes. Because if we look at it, we keep talking about this being a $10 million plus dollar garage. Hey, so far, we've already put in 260 another million in land, some legal settlements. We've already put in $1.3 million. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the demolition of the yeah. building that's on the property. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten into a discussion of whether or not that's even enough property. No, well, so yes, there, <laughs> there's all of that. There's which so is, many unknowns which, here. Which is why that's why we say it. But hold on a second. But something I, I just want to quickly allude to. At that same meeting, because they're talking about the budget and all these things, there's a bunch of stuff like uh, street stabilizations mm-hmm. or park improvements or park cleaning up. All this stuff, again, the general business of the city. Mr. Kennedy was talking about these are all uh, the projects are only going to be done if we get grants. So street stabilization, pretty damn important. But he's like, it's it's grant dependent. Our parks are important. Yes. If we don't get the grant, then this doesn't get done. And we've lost a few things or we haven't done a few projects because we didn't get the grants. Why is this parking garage not contingent on the same thing? Because they are looking for funding. They're looking at state funding. I'll personally be surprised if the state decides to give us money to build a brand new garage when the Western Hills Viaduct is in desperate need of money. But still, for the most part, why is this not contingent on that? Well, why are know, we why are we barreling forward without knowing or without uh, without making it contingent upon getting grants? And that's actually a really good point here, is because we're about to go into debt. So, ten million dollar parking garage. We're going to go into debt. If we're going to go into debt. Why don't we go into debt fixing stuff that needs to be fixed in our city that actually can contribute to the overall financial health and well-being for the community as a whole? And I would say that land stabilization, I would say that parks, I would say roads, I would say all of those kinds of things are absolutely essential to a healthy, financially strong, and growing community. Why wouldn't we put our money and our resources into that? And then if we want and think that we need a parking garage, then why don't we just ask for the grant for the parking garage? 
Those are great questions. One more thing I want to leave you all with. I had a big question. They're obviously going to make this a paying garage. You have to pay to park there. So I thought, why the heck would I pay to park there when I can just go to Nisbet or Linda Cox, except on farmer's market nights, or go to any of these other places and park for free? Nope. They're talking about metering the city. Everything. So that means you're going to come downtown. You live here. You're paying that $10.5 million. You're going to come downtown to go to your city council and get involved with your government. And I'm going to have to pay to park. For a garage you already paid for. Right. For parking lots you've already paid for. Exactly. That's what my taxes are for. That's a fight we'll, uh, we'll be yes. talking about here in the future. So, yeah. <laughs> um, With that being said, the Voice of Loveland podcast <laughs> for HighOnLoveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode was written, engineered, and mixed by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik, and the music was by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. And uh, one more before the happy, joyous Christmas time season, Pam. So I hope you're getting your house ready. I know I've got mine. Yeah, my house is all nicely decorated, and uh, my dog doesn't quite like his jingle, uh, like her jingle bells, <laughs> um, which sometimes I don't either right. late at night. But no, I hope everyone uh, you know is getting their Christmas shopping done. I hope they had a nice Thanksgiving. In the meantime, guys, just. Keep on listening because we really appreciate it. And the best thing I can say at this point is be informed, be involved, and be influential. 